Right, stop talking now, and hands up if you're still talking about what you were told to talk about. Way! Big round of applause for those with their hands up! Yay! Oh, dear. Okie doke. Uh, in just a moment, uh, parents are just coming back in, so we'll just pause to get them uh, settled. And uh, in a moment, uh, Julie Kite's going to lead us. She's our missional community team leader. And uh, she's going to take us through uh, all of this next session. Before she does, I want to pray. I want to pray for our, our, our little babies, those that are naught to three in the place this morning. Father God, we want them to grow up to know and love you. Please, God. Please, Lord, watch over their lives. For our primary school kids, Lord God, say something to them today that holds onto them in a powerful way. Thank you that they can hear you speak. They can sense you nudging them. They can know your work in their lives. We pray for that today. And pray for our young people here. Lord, we're longing for them to go further and deeper and wider, higher and stronger than we'll ever go for you. We're praying they'll punch bigger holes in the darkness than we might even dream for ourselves. And Lord, we're praying for the rest of us that you would gather us up, dust us down, shake us off, send us on our way to be more alive, more alert, more Christ-like, more spirit-filled, more passionate about the lost, more committed to reaching this generation than ever before. So be with us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I just share something with you, something a little bit personal to start with, that's all right. Um, I used to be known as the head of evangelism, and when I was called that, I used to feel a little bit like, you know that film we saw earlier, that guy running down the corridor, bursting into the party and saying, come on, we've got to launch some lifeboats. I used to feel like that, uh, a little bit awkward when maybe people didn't want to join in with what I was doing. And I have to say, it's not just the change in name. I'm not the head of evangelism anymore. I'm known as the missional communities team leader. It's not just the change in name, I think, that's made me feel different. I feel like that guy running in, bursting in and saying, come on, let's launch some lifeboats. And I'm actually bowled over by the response of people in the last year. So a year ago... Well, actually, 15 months ago, we had a conference a bit like this, didn't we, which was called Launch the Lifeboats. And since then, God has really been at work. Loads has been happening. Um, It actually feels like a lifetime ago to me, not just a change of name. And I want this morning to share with you what God's been doing, and we're going to do that by hearing from lots of different people who've been on that journey of launching lifeboats. So it's not just going to be me talking to you. You're going to hear loads and loads of stories. So what has happened? Well, we've actually, since then, launched seven missional communities. How amazing is that? Yeah, you can clap. Please join in. The first one, Sidegate Family Community, I'm trying to see where Matt is, can't see you. 
Oh, there you are. Uh, Sidegate Family Community, almost exactly a year ago that we had our first launch of a missional community. And since then, we've launched all of these. We've launched The Hive, A Time to Sew, Amazing Mums, Wow, The Nerf Boys, and Feet for the Street. And we've actually got two others who are close to being launched as well. Now, if I was to ask you, what is a missional community... What would you say? I've given you a clue there. A a, a missional community. And I'll say it again. uh, The clue is in the name. A missional community is a community of believers on a mission together. It's as easy as that. Now, there's a few things to make that a bit clearer. So, a missional community is a mid-sized group. So, actually, some of our missional communities are a fair size now. Some are small, but we're working towards a missional community being a mid-sized group that takes seriously Jesus' model for mission, what we've been talking about this morning already. It's also a group that balances up, in, and out. Now, you might have heard us talking about this, or you might not have. This might be completely new to you, so I'm just going to really quickly recap what I'm talking about. I actually talked about this, I I don't get to speak that often, and I did last February about this. Um, Like now, it was a day that the snow had come down, so there was hardly anybody here. So if you missed it, I'll let you off, um, but you can listen to it, it'll be on podcast. But basically, the up in and out thing You might have seen this triangle thing before. Some of you have, some of you haven't. Basically, what this uh, represents is the three relationships that Jesus held in balance, and we're trying to be like him. Jesus connected up to God, inwards by inviting people to know him and uh, living with them, getting to know them, and he reached out to people And so the call on our lives is to live like that as well, to hold these three things in balance. Now, in this context, we're thinking about missional communities. So up up describes the relationship between the missional community as they seek God, as they pray together and worship together. Uh, In describes our relationships with other believers as we share life together and disciple each other. And out describes the relationships between those uh, us and those outside as we seek to share Jesus with them. So there you go, up, in and out, in a nutshell. Uh, a missional community is also a, a, a well-defined group. And they're defined by the, a, a missional network, the people that they're going to reach. So it can either be a neighbourhood of people, so a geographical thing, or a network of people uh, that defines the missional network. <coughs> Uh, a missional community is also lay-led. So that means each one of us can get involved in leading it. You don't need a, um, a degree from Bible college or anything fancy like that to lead a missional community. So missional communities are flexible and should be low-maintenance. So that's basically it about missional communities. Apart from being driven by the out, it's not merely a missional event. They're not events, they're a missional community. So there's much more to them than just an event. The clue is, after all, in the name. Now, we are going to hear from our first 
uh, talker who is Connor, who I'm really hoping... Oh, there he is. Phew. <laughs> That's really good. Connor is going to come and tell us a bit about this. He's trying to explain um, this kind of um, theoretical thing in, in how it's affected them, the up in and out. Connor is a walking example of all sorts of things. We thought we'd get into... <laughs> Come on, Connor. Come and tell us a bit about that. Go on, ma'am. Hello. Um, for those who don't know, my name's Connor. <clears throat> so, when we started the uh, Feet for the Street missional community, um, God had given me a vision for standing outside, serving tea to people, and, engage- and engaging in conversation. So, this is what we did, and this is our out. But as it grew and more people were needed, and after praying about it for a while, God gave the people he had in the church a gentle nudge, mostly a gentle nudge, and they came out and joined the out. But as we grew and did this as a group, we needed better relationships with each other and with God as a community. To help our in, our relationships with each other, we meet once a fortnight and share food together. We talk about the practical aspects of Feet for the Street, which helps our out, But we also get to know each other as we strive to do life together, talking openly to each other about the things we're struggling with or are getting us down, and supporting each other as a family community. We ring ring each other up during the week, and we meet up and pop in to see each other when we can. This is our oikos. We also meet once a month with the wider Feet for the Street community after after the church service for lunch, And every other lunch, we invite our guests to stop and share lunch with us. To develop our up as a community, we pray and worship together at our fortnightly and monthly get-togethers and pray together before we go out on a Sunday morning. We're trying to work out how we can build this time before we go out on a Sunday morning into some more Oikos family time, possibly over breakfast with prayer and worship, as we know the the power of prayer and have seen it in our missional community. We want to bathe the outs in prayer and prepare for it as a community and with God. I attend one of the huddles with the other missional community leaders and when Feet for the Street meet for our fortnightly Oikos time, we listen to God and pray about Feet for the Street and I try to pass on what God has taught me in the huddle. Now, I must confess, I always call them cuddle and not huddle. So if you hear me saying we're having a feet for the street cuddle, don't be alarmed. So for our community to grow outside, we need better and deeper relationships with each other and with God. We need to trust God as this is his thing and not try to do it off our own strengths or how we want it. I feel really close to those in our oikos and I'm proud and privileged to call them my brothers and sisters. This has come together really naturally and we are really starting to feel like a family on mission together. And as we start to build better relationships with our guests outside, we then have a stronger community to bring them into. Um, And I'd just like to say, if if anyone wants to know more or would like to know how to get involved, please come and speak to us at some point today or this afternoon, and that would be um, brilliant. Um, If people would like to support us in 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 a practical way, then we regularly need donations for our snack bags that we hand out afterwards, um, small drinks, bags of crisps, cereal bars, individual fruit or jelly pots. These are really, in, really important and, and are superb because as our guests go away without anywhere to cook any food or store any food, 
at least they then have something that they can they can eat that evening. And um, please continue to support us in prayer. We've said how important that is, and we all know that. And um, what's happening out there is just amazing. But we need your continued uh, prayer support for us as a community and for our guests as well. So uh, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Connor. And um, yes, we were just laughing because we know that you never give up an opportunity for a little plug. And uh, that was really, really great. Um, So how on earth have we got to nearly nine missional communities in such a short space of time? Um, I've been thinking about this over recent weeks and months and um, wondering what God has been doing. And I, I think that... Perhaps the key to this is that God has ignited the missional imagination of the people of Burlington, you guys. So what I mean is that God has been speaking to people, um, nudging them to think about what their vision might be. As Connor mentioned, you know, just it, it's not even a year ago that Connor came and said, I think God might be saying something about the people out there and that I just want to um, make some tea them. That's what he said. God's been nudging people. People have listened to what he's saying and have acted on it. Over the past year, I've had the privilege of many of those conversations with people, um, people wanting to do all sorts of different things. And we've kind of got together and explored it together. And some of that missional vision has turned into missional communities. And that's really fantastic. There's a bit of a process behind how that all happens. But God has really, really been at work. So I want us to hear from somebody else now. Um, We've been talking, Connor mentioned it already, a little bit about uh, Huddle and how the process of uh, being discipled and and turning missional vision into missional community has been happening. So Francis, who I can't see either, is now going to come and just share a little bit about what's been going on. Francis leads 11 Zs, and they are about to launch, uh, relaunch, really, as a missional community. Here she comes. Come and tell us, Francis. Don't put me off. Um, God moved me to this church nearly two years ago, telling me that it was time to get out of my boat, the comfort of the small church where I'd been for 15 years. I knew that it would mean new and bigger challenges, but I had no idea of just how challenging and faith-stretching it would be. I'm a nanny by profession and have always been involved in children's work, but before I even came here, God had stopped me doing that, telling me that he had another ministry for me. I had no idea what that meant any more than I had any idea about leaving that church at that time. Once I'd moved to Burlington, I was interested in all the different activities going on, including Elevenses. But as sitting around and chatting and drinking coffee isn't my idea of fun, I intended to visit just once to see what it was like. But God clearly had other plans, as by the end of that first visit, I just knew that I was meant to go on a regular basis and be part of the team. So I went, each time praying that God would give me the courage and strength even to walk through the door, and that he would help me to be who he needed me to be each week. It wasn't easy. And to begin with, I argued with God a lot about why on earth he would want me involved in something that I am so not naturally inclined to do. But eventually I accepted that that is the whole point. I know that I can't even walk in and say hello 
if I haven't given the morning to him already. And that's exactly the way that he wants it. He has, however, put the people of Elevensies on my heart, and I am beginning to care about them in a new way and to learn about what it means to really love my neighbour as myself, especially when those neighbours are very different from me. When we first started hearing about missional communities, I had a suspicion that God had that in mind for Elevensies. At one of our first meetings with Julie, she asked me who the leader is. I immediately said Val, as it was her thing first, and I'd only just joined. However, even as I said it, a voice in my mind said, you are. But I couldn't say that, could I? I'm a newcomer. I can't say that I'm the leader. It sounds big-headed, as if I think I can be. And anyway, I don't want to be. It's too much responsibility. However, the thought wouldn't go away, so I spoke to Val, saying, we work, we work together and have different roles, but someone needs to be the named person, and I think that maybe God is saying it should be me. And amazingly to me, she was in complete agreement, and Julie didn't seem at all surprised when I told her. <laughs> Being a leader means allowing God to work on my own character, as well as my leadership skills, so that I'm able to lead others where I've already been. Belonging to a huddle is part of the leading a missional community deal. I thought that I'd wait until September when a new huddle was starting to join. But God said, join now. Joining an existing huddle was a challenge in itself, as everyone had already been on their journey for a while and knew each other. But as with all things done in obedience, it's been more than okay. Huddle is extremely challenging, often meaning facing hard truths about ourselves and we are held accountable for the things we say we'll do. But my faith has grown more in the last year than I would have thought possible. All year, God has been speaking to me about trusting him. And before the summer, we were asked to consider, what is the question God is asking you just now? God was clearly saying to me, you're starting to trust me more. Now, how much are you prepared to trust me? I didn't know the answer, but I had a horrid feeling that I would find out. Since then, I have had to trust him with my changing work situation, my lack of income, and the whole open door thing, as well as leading elevensies, when I have no idea either what I'm doing or where God is taking us. That is a weekly test in trust. I know that he said, love your neighbour as yourself, and that's all he's said. So we have to do the best we can week by week and believe that he'll let us know when there's more to know. Trusting sometimes feels like a physical effort, Something inside is actually straining to keep on under the pressure to conform to what seems to make much more sense. But I've seen that hanging in there and truly letting him lead is the best way to go and the only way to live at peace within myself. I still have a lot to learn, but I guess that I am learning I can trust him as much as I need to and that it's a privilege that he thinks I'm worth the effort of teaching. God thinks that I'm up to the job, so I will keep on trusting and letting him lead and we'll see where he takes us. Thank you so much, Francis, for sharing that with us. That's really great, isn't it, to hear that from her. It's actually been a great privilege to walk with Francis on that journey. She's utterly amazing, and she doesn't know it. So Francis shared about Huddle there, so I thought maybe we could just talk about that for a minute. 
Huddle's really a key part of the journey for missional community leaders. So we currently have three missional community, uh, uh, three existing groups for missional community leaders. Uh, and we also have a huddle for people who are exploring missional vision, and we call that the pioneer huddle. And what happens in a huddle? Well, it sounds really nice, doesn't it? It sounds kind of cosy and warm and lovely. Actually, it's a tool for growing missional community leaders. So yes, it is a place of encouragement and support, but it's also a place of real challenge. Uh, Each group is quite small, between three and nine currently in the groups, and they meet either weekly or fortnightly, uh, either in the church building or in people's homes. Uh, both in the daytime and in the evening. So there's a real mix. So Huddle is actually for anyone who wants to lead a missional community. You know, Simon's been talking about tender and tough love. Well, it's a bit like that, really. That's what we're trying to do. So we're trying to build close, strong relationships, a supportive environment, but we really aim to challenge as well. That tough love thing. Now, you might have seen this before. So, this, so we're modelling ourselves on Jesus. And what Jesus actually did was he was really high on support. He invited his disciples into a close relationship. And they actually followed him around and spent their lives with him. He was really high on support. But he didn't just do that high support. He actually did really high challenge. Some of the things that he said to the disciples are quite shocking, aren't they? And some of the things that he asked them to do were absolutely amazing, but he was training them, he was supporting them and challenging them. So that's what we're trying to do in Huddle. So it's not an easy experience sometimes, because we're pushing each other to listen to what God's saying and to act on it. And if we say we're going to act on it, we're holding each other accountable for actually doing that. And because we're meeting really regularly, that's what's happening. In that kind of environment, God has really been at work. It's been fantastic. And uh, we've been able to support each other in growing vision and looking at the practicalities, all that kind of stuff, and how uh, our character is being built as well as individuals. Now, we're going to hear from somebody else who's going to tell us a bit about how she's been... Sally Soon, by the way, if you're wondering. Uh, There she is. Um, she's going to tell us about how she's been exploring how to carry out the vision that God has given her for uh, Amazing Mums. Come on up, Sally. Give her a clap. Hi. Um, Our missional community of Amazing Mums has changed and grown since we launched last year. But our vision still remains the same. We want to get to know other single mums to support them, build friendships and to share our faith with them as we do that. As a missional community, we've come together to eat, pray and challenge each other. We've tried crochet, card making, making calendars, etc. Having fun as we got to know each other and becoming a family, a real family. We've enjoyed this time and want to share this family time with the other single mums that we're getting to know right now. Being a part of a missional community, doing life together, is great, absolutely fantastic. We bring our people, bringing our people 
individual people of peace together as part of our family is so much more of a challenge. And with our community, it would be so very easy to run a series of events. We'd all have a lot of fun, but nothing more than that. So bringing our people together as part of our family is more of a challenge. We, we do believe, and we've talked a lot about this within our group, that God wants so much more than just bringing people together for an event. So we've spent a lot of time praying and asking God to guide us. And we felt that God was saying to have a relaxed coffee morning where mums could sit, chat, and although this worked for a while, mums' lives change. So it's been really hard to keep and set a day, a specific day, where we could get together. Again, we asked God to guide us, and we started meeting together at the cinema and at the park. And we're finding that while our children play, the grown-ups get to talk. As well as these times all together, we're seeing mums we know as individuals, and they do seem to like that a lot. More recently, Sue has begun to get to know some new mums, and we're hoping that we'll all get together soon to have coffee. We have some, we've had some really lovely, lovely conversations with two of our single mums about God. And i um, really surprised. <laughs> but this is so much more than we ever hoped for at this early stage within our community. So with God pri- providing our support and guidance, we're looking forward to what he has in store for us this year. And we'll be willing to have a go with lots of different ways of living out the vision that God has given us and reach to reach our single mums. Thank you. Thanks, Sally. So, um, what's been happening in the last year? We've got lots of missional communities, we've got missional community leaders, we've got huddles going on, people listening to God for guidance. Uh, and actually, as well of that, as that, something that's kind of taken us a bit by surprise, I suppose, is that we've actually had an explosion of prayer happening. If you are on the front line of mission, which is what these people are, and you fail to pray, you are going to be in serious trouble. So they have realised that they need to pray. And missional communities are praying for all sorts of things. And um, it's been fantastic. And I would like to get Sue Carrington, who's going to come and tell us a little bit about her experience. She's a member of uh, Sygate Family Community, and they've uh, been on quite a prayer journey. Come on up, Sue. Okay, um, we've been asked to share with you about what we as a community have been learning about praying for our neighbourhood and our communities. Um, and in our community, we've been focusing on our local geographical area, but also other areas that we're in community. Um, in my case, that's my work community, because that's where I spend a lot of my time and where many of my relationships with people who aren't yet Christians are focused. And I've been able to ask a friend from work to a couple of the things that we've done together as a community. We've looked at different ways of praying for our neighbourhood, At the beginning of our time together, we asked God to show us some of the areas of darkness that were operating in our neighbourhood, and we really felt that we were directed towards different places and influences to pray for and also against. 
And as part of this, we did some prayer walks as a community with our children, in the rain mainly. Um, And um, the men in our group have gone out in the evenings to prayer walk. Um, We've also at different times committed to pray for certain families and households and individuals. And as part of this, we've looked at the Falder Brennan uh, House of Prayer models, where we prayed blessing on our community. The women in our community have also met together to pray on Friday afternoons. Uh, One of the main challenges for our community in the weeks and months ahead is to really establish a strong and consistent rhythm of prayer and look at ways of further developing our prayer life together and also our accountability together. And as part of this, we're going to be studying the... um, Transform Your Street book, which has been written by Rebecca Brettel, and Matt's going to have a copy of that available this afternoon if anyone wants to look at it. As with any new venture that seeks to break new ground for God, we have experienced setbacks and have there are times when we felt um, attack. But along the way, we've seen real answers to prayer. It's been really good when I was preparing this to look back on the past year or so and just remind myself how many answers to prayer we've had. Um, when we first started praying, and it was nearly two years ago, um, one of Jo's prayers was that her home would become like a lighthouse to the street. Um, and she saw that prayer answered this week when a lady who's living on the street, who's not a Christian, um, came to Jo and asked if she could talk to her about some really major difficulties that were occurring in her life. Jo had the privilege of listening to her and then praying with her. And this has been a huge encouragement to Jo, especially this week, because she's been unwell with a bad back. Jo's also been able to build relationships with a Muslim friend and talk openly to her about her faith, and again had the privilege of praying with her on the playground at school. For me, I've experienced a deepening of relationships at work and have been able to talk about my faith and let people know that I've been praying for them when they've been going through some very difficult times. Linda has seen relationships that she has built up really blessed and been able to help and come alongside and serve friends in the community who've been going through some tough times. Dave's been able to get to know and build a friendship with a neighbour who lives across the road and that friendship's really starting to blossom. We've had situations when we haven't been sure about asking someone to something that we'd organised. Um, they just didn't seem to be an appropriate time. And then when we arrived in the park, they just happened to be there um, and just joined in spontaneously with what we were doing. As relationships have deepened, we've been able to offer to pray for people. Um, one example of this is um, a neighbour of Matt and Joe's who've just asked us to pray for things that were going on in their family. And as we've prayed, we've seen answers come for them. Um, As we've prayed for our community, we've really begun to punch small holes in the darkness. But our challenge is to go forward and really seek God more deeply and pray more earnestly, asking God to soften our heart, asking God to soften our hearts and break our heart for the things that break his so that we can really begin to see God's light breaking through in the different communities that we're in. something else that God's been doing that maybe is a little bit um, under the radar, and, and God's been developing leaders. He's been developing leaders who are themselves developing leaders. Uh, that's what discipleship is about a bit. Uh, each miss- missional community leader is being led and is leading others. 
uh, and we're encouraging them to think about how they can develop people within their groups. Uh, Now, this has been my experience, too. In the year, Simon has basically led me and uh, encouraged me, and he has shown me how to do huddle. So uh, in the beginning, I just sat there and watched what Simon was doing, and then he let me have a go whilst watching, which is really difficult, a little bit, um, you know, scary. So he's watched me have a go, and then gradually he's given me more responsibility over the year. So now I'm uh, actually doing two of the um, huddles uh, kind of on my own, kind of. Um, and as this has happened, for me, it's become clear that, um, well, actually, I can't physically lead all of our missional community leaders and all of those who are developing missional vision because it would probably kill me, and it's not right that I would do that. But God knew, and he's actually brought along somebody else to help me. So now I'm in the position of developing somebody else. And that really special person is grinning at me right now, and I'd like to introduce you to him. This is Scott Huntley, for people who don't know. And sit... Yay! For Scott! This is Scott, and I'm so pleased that God has brought him alongside. And Scott is just going to tell us a little bit about what he's been doing um, since September, as he's given us a bit of time. Mm, This is exciting. Um, It's a real privilege to be involved in the um, missional community team, and especially with the Pioneer Huddle, which is the one that I've been mostly involved with. They're They're the guys who are just developing the visions now. Um, that will be released in the next year. Uh, my wife and I got real passion for missional communities. We actually met in one we were involved in uh, that was aimed at 18s to 30s. And it's been a bit of a surprise because since the last launch of the lifeboats, uh, we thought we'd have loads of ideas for missional communities we'd want to be involved in, and they just haven't been coming. And then uh, Julie and, and Simon asked me to, to be involved with actually kind of leading the missional community leaders, and I was like, ah, oh, right, yeah, that's why. Okay. And then uh, I started hearing some of the visions that the pioneer guys had, and I just realized I got to walk through each of those journeys with them as well, which is just amazing. So I started in uh, kind of September, October time, uh, and I probably won't actually be taking over leading the huddle until Easter, summer, something like that which seems like a long time, but actually the thing about a discipleship culture is that Simon and Julie won't expect me to do anything that they wouldn't do themselves. Uh, They lead by example. So that's been really amazing. And the second thing about discipleship culture is I learn by imitating them, by watching them in action and and then doing it. And that's the way that I'll be leading my huddle as well. And the people I lead, they'll be leading other people like that. And that's just kind of how it spreads. So, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Thanks, Scott. Oh, it's great having Scott around. (laughs) So, all of that then. Uh, One last thing to think about. So we've started seven missional communities... We've got two in the pipeline. We're discipling our missional community leaders through Huddle. We're praying. We're trying stuff. We're developing new leaders. But what is the point of all that? Well, the answer to that is pretty obvious, I hope. 
What's it all for? Obviously, we're trying to follow Jesus. We're trying to obey the call that he's put on our lives to share him uh, with others. We want to help people connect with him. That's what we want. We want to launch lifeboats. We want to see fruit, like Simon was talking about earlier. We want to help save lives. That's what we're about. Now, we're we're obviously aware that at this point in time, we haven't seen any baptisms yet uh, because of missional communities, but there are things happening. God is at work, and people are on that journey towards God. People are getting closer. And I just wanted um, Sally to come and talk to us a little bit about their experience in WOW of what's happening, the the journey that people are taking. Uh, And this could be echoed across other missional communities. Go on, Sally. Morning, everybody. I think I get to go last. Um, So I've been asked to tell you about the people on the journey, really. Um, And we've had a really exciting time. If you remember, um, and everybody keeps using our name. It's good, isn't it? Wow! Yeah. Um, So we've been on the journey for quite a while, and you may remember that I spoke a little, well, quite a few months ago now, on the fact that we had our group called Wow... um, that was already in existence and how we wanted to change from being purely for Christian women to be outreach to those who don't know Jesus. So we had a transition time when we started to think about what that would look like. And um, and I've been joined by um, four or five other ladies, which has been so great as we've been building ourselves together. So that's our in-group. There's a team of us in the, in the community, and we've been building that, our relationships. We've been meeting together. Um, we've been praying. Um, I wouldn't say it's always easy. It's not. And of course, I'm the only one without a small family. Um, so it's really difficult for those in the community because children do all sorts of things, don't they? And they get ill and family commitments. So, but everybody's stuck there. So we've been learning to persevere and to prioritize our meetings together. And from that in-group, our out-group, as Connor was telling you, he had all the words in there. So our out-group is our event, if you like. That's the time when we meet with pregnant mums, um, Christian and non-Christian. We wouldn't want to think that people already had a faith wouldn't come. Our vision is still to see women support each other and for us to help with practical things and with the realities of being parents. Um, and um, for all of those of you that are parents, you know that it's one of the hardest jobs, well, it is the hardest job to do, to be a mum or a dad. And so if we can put some of that practicality in there um, to help people through that, so pregnant mums or mums with babies probably under six months, that kind of thing, that's what we thought. So as we've been journeying... Um, Mums have been coming to our group, and we're hoping that the Christian mums come. They know other mums that are pregnant and who perhaps won't be Christian that um, will want to find ways. So hopefully people will keep bringing other people, Um, and that includes all of you as well. You know, if you know somebody who's pregnant, encourage them to come along to our our out group. At the moment, that's on a Monday morning, Um, but we... We were, um, up until the winter, uh, meeting on a Wednesday evening as well. But we decided that actually cold, wet, people at work, evening's perhaps not so good. So we're meeting on a morning every week at the moment. So what's been happening in that morning group? 
we have ladies coming to that group now who have been journeying with us since they were early pregnancy and their babies are about to have their first birthdays. <laughs> so this week, um, one of the babies will have his first birthday. So when mums are pregnant, that's great. When they have their babies, they keep coming. They're still with us. So we've now finally got to the stage where we all have this sense of belonging together. And I've realised that over the year, as we've had picnics and uh, parties and pizza evenings, and we've met individually and we've met together, we've become friends, basically. We're all friends. And when somebody who doesn't have any faith texts you every week to say whether they're coming or not, you start to think, they still want to be with us. So we're building these relationships. And the really exciting thing that is in the last uh, month or two, we've said to somebody who's about to go back to work, who won't be able to meet with us more in our out group, we have a group where we meet and we talk about our faith and we share the Bible and we pray together. Do you want to join us and keep meeting with us? And she said, yes. Oh, come on, bigger than that. Yes. <laughs> so it, we're so excited. Um, and not only that, but one of the other mums who's been coming has started to ask questions of, of people who have been giving her a lift. After a year and nearly a year and a half, she started to say, so what's your church? When do they meet? So who knows? And we have managed to actually invite one of the other ladies that has been coming as well, who did journey along the way and come to church on a Sunday for a little while, but she's not able to do that anymore. Um, and, um, and so we've started to talk to her about saying, do you want to come and meet with us when we meet and do our friendship group where we talk about our faith? So she's still thinking about that. So I have to say, when we first started, I couldn't see how we got from the out to the in. I couldn't see how women would come after coming for the event part that we meet together, how that would transform. But God has been really good. Um, and he's blessed me through the year and he's blessed me with a group to work with as well. So I just want to take time to thank um, Shireen and Linda and Hazel and other Linda that joined with us for a while um, and Helen uh, for really being there. Just to finish on, because I know you've been sitting a long time, what have I learned? I've learned that it takes time that you have to build history. When we're going off to somebody else's church because they're having a christening, even though they're not particularly faith-based, and we're all there, we're witnessing. When they're coming to share in some of our people's dedications and they're coming in, it builds history. We have now a history together over that time. So I've learned that you've got to persevere. Um, and that although I knew it in some ways, building relationships is not the same as being acquainted. And, uh, and God willing, we'll carry on on that journey. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sally, for that. So we're thrilled that there are people on that journey. And as Sally said, that relational stuff takes time. And people are, some people are a long way from God. 
But God can move and people are getting closer. We're really thrilled. And there are, there are other stories like that in other missional communities, which uh, you can find out about later. I think it would be really, really exciting to hear all of those stories. Um, we're coming into land a little bit. I think there's two things we need to do. One of them is to give thanks for what God's done. I'm absolutely, I'm going to say it again, I'm thrilled by what I've heard this morning. Whoops. Uh, I'm, I'm really thrilled. And, and the joy of standing here and being able to ask all these people to share all these stories. There, you know, there are other people who could have said stuff. It's amazing what God's been doing this last year and at the speed that he's been doing it. The other thing I think we need to do is to keep going. God is obviously at work. God is obviously moving. And we need to keep going to persevere because it's not easy. It is difficult. There are ups and downs. And the missional community leaders would share those with you too if you asked. But we really need to persevere because those people are really important. And I'm really looking forward to those baptisms that happen and seeing more people dancing with joy because Jesus has set them free. I think it's going to be fantastic. Anyway, I will now hand over to Siren. You just uh, turn to someone. Uh, yeah, go on, John, lead them all. Thank you, John, very much. <clears throat> uh, Why don't you just turn to someone next to you or around you? What has struck you so far? Uh, What kind of caught your attention, took you by surprise, caught you off guard, challenged you, encouraged you? Uh, And what are you thankful for? Go. we just got a couple of minutes. Go.